0: We invite you to turn, please, for our scripture reading to Mark's Gospel and uh, chapter ten. Mark's Gospel, chapter ten. Uh, reading a few verses, breaking in at verse seventeen of the chapter. <clears throat> Mark ten and seventeen. When he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions and Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God and the disciples were astonished at his words but Jesus answereth again and saith unto them children how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus looking upon them saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Amen. May the Lord. Bless these verses to our hearts, (coughs) for his name's sake. And with God's word open before us, let's unite our hearts in a moment in prayer, please. Can we invite you, beloved, you know the Lord tonight, and pray that that he may come and work in our midst. Pray that he will speak to hearts, and that he would reveal himself to any who knew not the Saviour. And if you happen to be here and you don't know the Lord this evening, will you pray like never before, Lord, will you speak to me? Don't let me sit through the meeting and miss hearing Thy speaking voice. Let's talk to the Lord. Our loving God and our Father, As we come to look into thy word, we're so thankful that this sacred volume has been preserved for us down through the years. We well, thank thee that this is not just an ordinary book. This book is the living word of the living God. This is a God-breathed word, Lord. There's, there's no book like the Bible. For the simple reason, there's no book like it. We bless thee, Lord, we have been privileged... To have God's Word. We think of parts of this world that don't have a Bible tonight. There are tribes in in some of the darkest jungles. They've been born in nature's darkness and they live without God, and some have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. And some will die that way, having never heard the gospel. And here we are, and we have so many Bibles in this province. And yet, there are precious souls that are blind to its truths. There are those, Lord, who entertain some fanciful notion that one day when they leave the scene of time, somehow they'll arrive in heaven. And yet, thy word would show us plainly. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God and will not see it. Therefore, men must get their eyes upon Christ. We cannot live without a Saviour, and we certainly cannot die without a Saviour. We pray, Lord, that thou will come and reveal thyself. Lord, defeat the devil. We know the adversary would stand at our right hand to resist us. He would have our minds wander. He would have us think about anything other than that which is important. And we pray, Lord, for enablement now just to focus upon the great need of the soul and that every dear individual bowed before thee would be conscious that the Lord is at hand. Oh, we're we're so glad to know tonight it's not thy will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Lord, in thy mercy, give the gift of repentance even this night. The simple gift of faith. That that dear soul who knows not Christ may may take their first steps and and, and just step out and and cast themselves upon the Lord. Give us utterance, Lord. In this Thy Word, it's a a, a simple message. We pray that Thou will keep it simple, that even the youngest will understand. We pray that Thy profound truth will be written upon every heart. And that thou wilt be glorified, even in the salvation of souls. Come then, bless thy word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 21 of the chapter (coughs) says, Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor and I shall have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me one thing I lackest here's a young man I'm sure he would be the envy of many today he has youth and we would expect energy Uh, during the announcements mention was made of a camp for young people I've had the privilege of being away with young people's fellowships over the years for weekends away. Good times of fellowship, but mind you, it usually ended up like heaven. There was no night there. Young people would run the whole night and didn't know to go to bed. But with good times. Youth and energy. And when you get a wee bit older in the physical frame, you discover that those were precious things. And uh, the more miles you get on the clock, you realize, well, we're not as supple as we used to be. Youth and energy are, well, we probably take them for granted. Well, we're all guilty of that. And it's only when you start to lose these things you appreciate how much they meant to us. And this young fella, he'd be the envy of those who were perhaps older and beginning to feel that uh, lack of movement in the body. More than that, he, he had respect for other people. This is the kind of young man who neighbours would look up to. He, he had respect for people, and especially are we encouraged to see that he had respect for the Lord. Now, that's a commendable quality. In this day and age, when I mean, I'm never in the middle of Belfast late at night, but I hear reports. Of things that go on amongst young people. In and around Shaftesbury Square. Weekends. And young people are teeming. Out of pubs and nightclubs. And they have no thought for God. No respect for the things of God. All they can see is the bright lights. And the worldly entertainment. And they just can't get enough of it. And if you were to approach them. With gospel literature you may well be snubbed. Maybe even mocked and abused. I was very saddened just a fortnight ago. When somebody who is dear to my own heart. Put a message on Facebook. To say a young lady. To say that a man in the street had the audacity. To approach her and offer her a gospel tract and she told him what to do with his gospel tract it really hurt because I know that young lady I didn't think she had it in her but there you are I mean everybody would say there's a hard working young girl and so she is and she has a lot of commendable qualities but when it came to the gospel she's hardened against it Now to see young people sitting in a gospel service on a Sabbath evening that blesses my soul and the Lord bless you young people To see our churches so well attended with young people. I think of our Easter convention. And to see so many young people coming to those meetings. is such an encouragement in these days. And here's a young man and he's the sort of fellow you would have found. In meetings such as that. He had respect for other people. He had respect for the Lord. I remember speaking in the the open air in the middle of Lisburn one time. And uh, a fella staggered out of a public house. He came right up to the microphone. And right into my face, he says, wise up. And the town heard it because it came across the mic. So I was able to answer him over the mic. But you know, it's sad that people behave like that. That would not have been this man in the passage. He's decent and upright. He's no time for any obscenities. You know, there are young men his age today, and we've, we've said that they have no respect for man or beast. But this makes this fellow stand out. There are those, some who, well, you know how the society is. <coughs> some don't want to work. Some want to sponge off the government. Not this fellow. This man seems to have had a good upbringing. He's been taught values, taught respect, and we, we have to commend him for his behavior. He's a young man who has youth and energy. He also had wealth. And that, no doubt, uh, would have made him the envy of many. If he lived in some areas today, people would uh, maybe even be jealous of him. We appreciate that money's a very useful commodity, but it's not everything. But this fellow had it. For he's got a lot going for him. His good upbringing, his, his energetic life... His well standing in the community, his money, and all the rest—he had morals, good morals. Obviously, enjoyed the blessing being brought up in a good home. And again, I say to young people: never take a good home for granted. Never despise it. It's a gift of God. This fellow had been taught well. He's an outstanding example in his community. I wonder, is that so with young people here? Do you live, young people? So is to be looked up to. Not only did he have those qualities, he had position, he's a ruler, and the, the reference here is most likely to link him to the synagogue, which means he had religion. Now, plenty of people have Religion. Indeed, the vast majority of people have religion of one kind or another. What, Whatever has first place in a man's life, really that's his religion. Uh, whatever it is, he worships. Now, some actually worship their wealth. That's all they live for. And that becomes their God. But that's a mistake. If the Lord has blessed somebody with, with uh, plenty to do, uh, the, the well to do, I should say, That's the Lord's business. But if that well-doing becomes their God, then they've, they've lost the plot. Some make a God of their position in society. Some delight even in their own religiosity. But you could put them all in the same category. And we could say of every one of them, and say to every one of them, One thing, I like us. When we look at the the young man here in this chapter we must conclude that with all that he had he really had nothing. With all his prosperity, his pedigree his position, his prestige, his power all of it put together still left him with a certain vacuum in his life. Why is that? And beloved, God has designed man with a vacuum that only God himself can fill. One thing I lackest. <coughs> I was speaking to a doctor just recently and he was telling of how a young person came in to uh, one of these social workers. He had all sorts of problems his life was very mixed up I don't know what all he's involved in I I don't have any of those details but he's there speaking across the table to a social worker and the social worker put it to him maybe your problem is you're actually gay and you don't realise it and she sowed that thought in that young man's mind and sent him away thinking maybe it's a new lifestyle he needs and that's the one she suggested. Heaven help us if that's society's answer to young men whose minds are mixed up. The truth is, this young man was aware there was something missing in his life. He didn't need to be told. He was very conscious of it. He, he knew uh, what all he had, but he also knew there was something missing. <coughs> He had all he could desire, physically, materially. But he recognized, and we're we're glad he did. He recognized there was still a void. The unfortunate thing is that many in this world don't recognize there is a void. Or won't admit to it. And of course they they try everything that the world has to to try and fill that void. And it will never work. That's how the world operates. You could have everything power and all the rest, whatever that can bring you. But it will all fail, beloved, to meet the one great need, the need of the soul. It all falls short of the mark. If you had all that the world could give you, it'll still leave you shortchanged. And here's a man who is proof of that. He even recognized that what he needed was eternal life. Now that is saying something. Good master, what must I do? I mean, inherit eternal life. This fellow's got his eyes opened. He can see where the need is. I don't know if he was, uh, what influence he had had in the gospel. I don't know if he came from a Christian home. Being brought up in a Christian home doesn't necessarily mean that young people turn out Christians. You could never pray too much for them. We love young people. And to see young Christians going on with the Lord, that, that's precious. But Mark 8.36 poses the question, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Well, the answer to that is nothing. There's no gain. Now, some might think this fellow, if he had so much, still wasn't satisfied, it must take an awful lot to fill the void. But Jesus said one thing. Thou lackest. So what's this one thing? What, what was it he was missing? He needed to find out. And if you, beloved, are in a similar position this evening, and you're conscious of a certain void in your life, there's something just not being fulfilled, something missing, what is it? You need to find out. I what assure want to show you. And please be honest enough with yourself. To own up to the fact that you're not finding this fulfillment. What you need is what this young man needed. And that's Christ. He needed to know the joy of sins forgiven. He needed to experience the new birth. He needed to recognize that he was a poor sinner in need of God's salvation. And he needed to get a hold of the truth that only Christ could save him. Only Christ could give him what it was that he did need. Now, don't close your eyes to this truth. This meeting has been convened. Indeed, it was ordained the way back in eternity that you would be found in this meeting. And God is this word for you. So don't miss it. A couple of things I want to, to notice here. See how this young man's attainments let him down. First of all, his respect for the things of God couldn't save him. Did you notice that? Luke verse 17 tells us that he came running to the Savior and kneeled to him and asked him, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now he's running, so there's a, you can sense the urgency. This man's on a mission. He has a need. He's very conscious of it. And he's in a hurry to get it sorted. He comes running. He also kneeled. He had respect for the Savior. Now, when people take the Lord's name in vain so flippantly these days, and it's grieving to listen, they have no respect for the Lord. They don't want the Lord. Aren't they telling us today that the Ten Commandments are long outdated, that we've moved on, we don't need God anymore? People have no respect for the Lord. Not so this young man. I said already, it rejoices our hearts to see young people attending our churches, respecting the Lord's day, reverencing God's house, young people who believe God's word give the Lord his place. Here's a man who was prepared to do that. he had respect for the person of Christ, he called him good master. I think of Pharaoh back in uh, the book of Exodus. He said to Moses in Exodus 5 and 2, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? By his own confession, he said, I know not the Lord. Neither will I let Israel go. Pharaoh was uh, apparently totally ignorant of the existence of God. And even if he was only pretending not to know about him, he certainly showed no respect for the Almighty. He made it clear to Moses that he he wasn't going to bow to the will of Moses' God. Then I think of the the Jews in Jerusalem. They were God's own people. But the Bible tells us he came unto his own, his own received him not. Those who, who ought to have shown the highest regard didn't want to know him. Isn't that sad? They're like the stewards we read of in Luke 19 who said of their landlord, we will not have this man to reign over us. Isn't that people's attitude today to Christ? How many people want heaven? They don't want the Lord. They want a heaven where they can take their sins with them and don't have to bother about repentance. Don't have to bother about being saved. Beloved, let's waken up. That's only dreaming. That's the way some people treat the Saviour. It's as if his word counts for nothing. As if it's of no importance. And that, that's, a, that's a very sad attitude. He, he's the Son of God. He's God the Son. He's thrice holy. He's without sin. He's spotless and sinless. Absolute holiness personified. If we had the faintest idea what true holiness really is, we'd be on our faces before God. An adoration of Him and a recognition of our own sinfulness. Dare any man disrespect or show disrespect towards the Lord? But yet here's a man who had respect for the Saviour. Calls Him good Master. But then think about it. If, if he was prepared to call Him Master, why was he not willing to do what the Lord said? Is this not why verse 22 records that he went away grieved? He was sad? You see, he had the right terminology, hadn't he? Good master. Sounded good. But when he came to the crunch, he wasn't prepared to treat the Lord as his master. He wasn't prepared to do what the Savior told him to do. And you know, the scripture reminds us, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God. Whatever he thought of Christ, he didn't think highly enough. And all his respect for the Lord, whatever depth was in it, it didn't save him. And beloved, it's not enough just to show respect for the name of the Lord. It's not enough To keep the the law. It's not enough to give money to charity. The scripture says. You must be born again. This rich young ruler's respect. And respectability. Couldn't save him. And didn't save him. Jesus says one thing thou lackest. And he went away. He noticed secondly. His keeping of the commandments. Didn't save him. Verse 19. The Lord reminded him of the summary of the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And in the next verse, notice what he says, Master, there he's at it again, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. The word observe there means to comply with or to preserve. Now he's using this term master again. He, he may have recognized the Lord Jesus as a master in the Jewish religion, but he's still not prepared to accept him as his master. He's not about to let Christ reign in his life. That's disappointing, isn't it? Now it may be argued that he had evidently lived a commendable lifestyle. There's every indication of that. No matter what commandment Jesus mentioned, he's able to affirm he had kept it. How many can say that today? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. How many keep that commandment? Live for themselves instead of the Lord. I shall not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything. How many people worship images and? Some people worship football. It's happening in Britain. And you can go down the commandments. Is, is there anybody that hasn't broken them? God says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And Many people have set their affection on earthly things. Those things occupy such a place in their lives. They, there's no room for God. There's the idols of self-gratification. People pat themselves on the back and congratulate themselves that they show a bit of religiosity but don't ask them to acknowledge that they are sinners. Oh, that's taboo. As far as they're concerned, that they, they they want to call the shots. In many people's books, it's God who must accept their form of religion. But God is not there to dance to the sinner's tune. We will not Dictate to the Lord how we will live or how we'll be saved. It's not the religion of the Bible. It's a religion that there's no salvation in it. God says, "I shall not make unto thee any graven image," and so on and I many reverence this, that, and the other thing. The Lord. Was on to give commandment concerning the taking of his name in vain. something that's all too common. You know, maybe, maybe this fellow was a bit overzealous. He certainly wasn't selling himself short. But even even if he had kept every commandment and never transgressed one of them, you notice that the keeping of those commandments still did not. Save him. How do we know? Because Jesus turned to him and said, One thing thou lackest. Now, after his boasting that he had kept all these commandments, the Lord says there's still one thing lacking. Romans 3.20 states, By the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Galatians 2.16 Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ, not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Beloved, if you get nothing else out of this, get this much, you cannot be saved by keeping God's law. In other words, not this young man or any other is saved by simply keeping the commandments. It's right that we do. But that's not what saves. So his argument not going to hold. It carries no weight with God. One thing, I lackest. It's a very common thing these days for, for men and women to boast their own good deeds. Some will put such tremendous emphasis on the good that they do. You get it all the time when you go knocking on doors. And uh, we commend people for the good they do. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather see people do good than than do evil. But we have to advise on the authority of God's word that all the good that people do, no matter how commendable, it will not merit one ounce of God's salvation. It seems very difficult to get that through to to people's minds. The Bible is abundantly clear. Salvation is not of works lest any man should boast. You can't work your way to heaven. It's impossible. Nobody will get up in heaven and stick his chest out and say, well, I'm here because I did such and such. It'll not happen. Heaven's not earned. It can't be earned. It's a gift. It can only be received. Thank God it's gloriously free. Nothing you or I could ever do would appease the wrath of God. Nothing can remove sin but the blood of Jesus Christ. The last thought here is what was this one thing that this man lacked? Well, it's very simple. He lacked simple faith in Christ. All his possessions, his powers, possessions, so on, that was all he had. Not just some, that was a lot. But let's remember, he was still missing something. One thing. When he was shown that it amounted to nothing in the Lord's eyes, you notice he didn't want to know. That's disturbing. You see, he was putting so much dependence upon all that he was, or thought he was, to all that he had. But that was recommending himself to God on his terms. That's not how a sinner is saved. He was too busy commending and praising himself to accept what Christ had to offer. So full of himself, there was no room for Christ. And this is what is so prevalent today. Everybody wants to pat himself on the back and say, How good am I? All one's self-esteem take a sinner to hell and with all due respect beloved, if you are of a similar mind to this young man I have to advise you that your sin will take you to the same hell I don't like that I don't like the prospect but it's in this book sin when it is finished bringeth forth death It's not a pleasant thought, but it's God's truth. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Said, Beloved, if you want to be in heaven, you have to come on God's terms. Aye, and may I say, you have to come in God's time. Our congregation out in Achalee ran a two week mission at the end of November. And a friend of mine invited a dear man along to those meetings. This man does quite a bit of outreach in the area. He'd spoken to this individual on different occasions and of course when the mission came around he made sure he would visit with this man and invite him along. That man said, "Uh, I'm very busy, I haven't time to go to the mission. I'll not have time to be there. But within two weeks he found time to die. collapsed on his own kitchen floor. Now everybody thought he was in good health but he found time to die. God's terms are come now and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. These are God's terms. Scripture says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow. I know not what a day may bring forth. I mean, if we could meet that man from Akali tonight, if we could commune with him, I wonder what he would say. Would he not say, What a fool I have been. I missed heaven. There was the mission on my doorstep. And I couldn't be bothered going. I hadn't the time. We don't point you tonight to a church, to a denomination, to a creed, to a, a life of pious activity. We point you to the person of Christ. Neither is there salvation in any other. You see, notice how the, the Lord Jesus talked with this Philly. He told him to go and sell all that he had, give to the poor. And come take up the cross and follow me. Now that doesn't mean, beloved, that for you to be saved, you have to give all your money away. It doesn't mean that at all. What it does mean is that you have to be prepared to let go that which has first place in your heart and give your heart to Christ. The one thing this man was missing, was lacking, was accommodation for Christ. He wouldn't let the Saviour in. He would not let the Lord into his life to have control. And that's why he went away sad. We've seen he had riches and all the rest. Those things meant more to him than this man, Jesus Christ. I wonder what means more to you this evening than having your sins blotted out Knowing that you have peace with God. Knowing that if death comes to your door this week. You're ready to go. What means more to you than that? Can you tell me what's more important than being ready for eternity? It's not the Lord's will that you should perish. And this young man. And if you're not saved, beloved, you too would do well to to say with the hymn writer, take the world, give me Jesus. I wonder, are you willing to let go those sins that are so precious to you? are you going to determine to hold on to them to the bitter end for how long? What could be so close to your heart You can't let it go. You'll hold on till your dying day. And it'll cost you everything. One thing thou lackest. The one thing you need, beloved, is to know your sins forgiven. To take Christ as your Saviour. This young fellow wasn't prepared to do that. In spite of all his privileges... Verse 22, he was sad at the saying and went away grieved. (coughs) Isn't that tragic? I, I haven't found anywhere in Scripture where that young man ever came back to the Savior in repentance. Oh, if we could see him this evening, he would give all those qualities that he had, his wealth included. He would give it a million times over just to be saved. just to have the opportunity to come once more to Christ but for him it's forever too late one thing thou lackest beloved don't miss this the psalmist said how excellent is thy loving kindness O God Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the rivers of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. Know what you're looking for? Life. Psalm 16 11, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In Thy presence is fullness of joy. This young fellow missed it. He thought he had, well, oh, he did have pleasures. There's no doubt there's a certain amount of pleasure in the things of the world, but it doesn't last. But in Christ, fullness of joy. At Thy right hand there are pleasures, not just for a wee while but forevermore. But he missed it. Isn't that sad? Are you going to miss it? You come into this meeting, I'm glad you're here. And we thank you for coming. I'm glad you're sufficiently interested in hearing the gospel. This young man heard it. I'm glad you have shown respect because when we bowed in prayer at the beginning of the service you bowed your head you showed respect, you were in the Lord's house you joined in the singing of the hymns we appreciate that but is there still one thing missing? you still haven't let the Lord in your heart's door is closed to him Oh, I love to be among God's people, I love to sing the hymns, I've had Many an unsaved person says to me, I love singing the old gospel hymns, but don't ask me to get saved. And the resistance comes up. Why? If there's one prayer, beloved, that you need to pray tonight, it is Lord, give me the sense to lay hold upon Christ. Make me wise for eternity. Don't let me play the fool. Yes, I love being amongst Christians. I love, I love hearing the word of God. As a fellow walked out of our church in Lisburn one night and he said to the preacher, I love the word when it hurts. He's not saved. Maybe that's you. I love it when it really gets into the heart and it really makes me think. Beloved, you need to get past the thinking. You need to cry out, Lord, be merciful to me. Don't let me miss this. Save me by thy grace. One thing thou lackest. Oh, beloved, don't go home lacking tonight. Ask the Lord now for the grace to open your heart and and to receive Christ. You have to take him at his word. He said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. You'll have to trust the Lord on that. I know what it's like to to battle with fears and inhibitions. I well remember the the, the time the Lord brought me under conviction of sin. I was a teenager. And uh, the Lord challenged my heart. I'd been brought up in a Christian home. I was like this young fellow. I had all the good morals and all the rest, but I knew I wasn't saved. the Lord challenged me as a 17-year-old. And uh, that's when I discovered the devil was alive and well. And the devil said, you get saved, people are going to laugh at you. You'll not be able to keep it and all that sort of stuff. You don't worry about that. The Lord does the keeping. But I I allowed things to, to keep me from trusting Christ. I was afraid... To take him at his word. In case something strange would happen to me. And grow two heads. Or something it would stand out in a crowd. And The fear of man, yes, it brought a snare. And I wrestled with God's Holy Spirit. And thank God he, he was patient with me. I wrestled against the Lord for six years. I wanted to be saved, but I hadn't the courage to take the step. And all the while I was miserable. And then on one occasion, God's Spirit brought a verse of Scripture to my mind. I wasn't in the meeting. I don't know where it was. But the word came to me as if the Lord was standing there and spoke to me. I'd heard the verse as a child. My spirit shall not always strive with man. And it hit me. I realized I've got to take the Lord at His word. I've got to trust Him. And by His grace, I did on my 23rd birthday it was the best birthday present I ever got I have no regrets I I regret going through those six years because they were miserable years fighting against the spirit of God all the while what did the Lord want he wanted to save me he wanted to bless me and there was me stupidly fighting against him wouldn't let him why does the Lord want to save anybody because he loves you he doesn't want you to perish in a lost eternity we don't deserve it but it's it's all of grace I give unto them eternal life we don't deserve that but the gift of God tonight this salvation is free it's not going to cost you anything it would cost you if you don't have it cost you eternity one thing thou lackest will you take it tonight beloved will you trust Christ will you let him into that heart of yours oh ask him to break down that stubbornness pray now for the grace Lord help me to be wise take thee at thy word save me and fit me of the kingdom of God. Will you do that? Listen, if we can be any help to you tonight, I'll see your times going again. We might just take one verse in closing of a hymn, but um, if we can be any help to you, I'd be happy to open the Scriptures with you. And, and try and set it out as plain as we can. Now, I'm not embarrass anybody. I not be putting anybody under pressure, but if you're concerned, do speak with us. If you're lacking this one thing, don't miss it. Come tonight and trust Christ to be your Savior. And let him save you by his grace.